Hi, it's Steve Rode, your Get Out of Debt Guy. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably want to learn more about money, credit, and debt, or you're one of the many good people out there with bad debt and you want it to go away. But stick with me. Together we can make that happen. Either way, I'm here for you, and I believe a better and more financially successful future is ahead. It can be within your grasp. I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you find this or any of my podcasts helpful, please take a moment and leave a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Your feedback and opinion matter to me. And if I've done a good job, your review helps others to find the podcast as well. And while you're there leaving your review, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Last piece of housekeeping. If you have a question or comment you'd like to hear on an upcoming podcast, you can leave me a voice message at getoutofdebt.org slash message. Or leave me a question for me to answer on my website by going to getoutofdebt.org slash question. Thank you so much for being a great listener, and I'm sending you a giant virtual hug in return. And now, on with the podcast. Don't be embarrassed, and trust me, don't be ashamed. Everything you say to me, baby, is confidential. I know this is really intimate stuff, but... Let's talk about debt. Coming to you again with more help is your Get Out of Debt Guy, your man with the answers to solve all your financial worries, your host and debt expert, Steve Rode. I am here today with Damon Day from DamonDay.com. Damon is an independent debt coach. He helps people. Eh, if you listen to the show, you've heard Damon before. But today, hey Damon, let me say hello first. Hey Steve, how you doing? There you go. See, he's really there. Today we're going to be talking about do-it-yourself. Do-it-yourself debt settlement, in fact. And Damon and I have had these conversations over the past couple days about is debt settlement impossible to do yourself? And do people need necessarily to uh, reach out and use a company, particularly if they're motivated to do it themselves? What do you have to say? Is it possible? Uh, well, yeah, the short answer is absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely possible. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but it seems, I would say probably the biggest hurdle that people have is it seems foreign, they're intimidated by the creditors, and they don't know what to do. But what, yeah. do, you, what do you tell people when they call you? Well, you know, one of the many unique things, as I'm fond of saying, but one of the unique things that I, that I do um, when clients call me is, you know, because I, I'm getting paid for the consultation. So they're basically paying for my time and my advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not financially incentivized at all to sell them one, one thing or the other, whether it's debt settlement, bankruptcy, credit counseling. My job is to listen to figure out what they need and to help them figure out where they need to go. So one of the unique things that they do get, if, especially if we're talking about debt settlement, let's say we've gone over my client's circumstances and they've narrowed it down to where a debt settlement strategy makes a lot of sense. Well, then the next thing I'll start talking about is, well, okay, if the debt settlement strategy makes sense, I'll walk them through it, all the pros and cons, here's how it's going to work. 
obviously make sure you know it makes sense as well. I, I'll have to take a look at it because just because a client thinks it makes sense doesn't mean um, you know I do. But um, then we start talking about: Do you want to hire somebody to to do it for you, or do you want to do it yourself? And mostly, what I come across is many, many clients um, don't even realize it's kind of shocking to them. What do you mean, do it myself? I you know I, I can't do it myself. And the reality is, you actually can. You need some information and and, and some uh, and some knowledge um, to do that. But there are you know. Uh, pros and cons to both, to, to either hiring a professional to do it for you or doing it yourself. And um, I, I look at it as more of a personal preference. If, as you mentioned uh, briefly, if somebody has the time and the desire um, and the, I don't know, know if I really say the constitution, but in certain respects, yes, the constitution to, to take that on, um, as long as they have you know, some knowledge when, when they're doing it and maybe a little bit of guidance, um, they could do very well for themselves. And then other people would just prefer to pay a fee to have somebody else do it for them, but it's really a, a personal preference. And that's one of the nice things that I give my clients is a real unbiased look at this is really what it would take if you want to do this yourself, and this is what it's going to take if you want to hire somebody. Well, we've heard so much recently, and consumers, when they go online, right now they're hearing all these pitches about you need to work with an attorney in order to settle your debt. You need to work with a law firm. Is that true? No, it's not true at all, but it, the reason they're hearing a lot of that is because of the new law that the FTC passed last year, and they banned all these debt settlement companies from their bread and butter money, which was charging all these fees up front and performing a mediocre service, and most of these guys were just running a con or a scam as far as I'm concerned. And so what happened was there all these guys now that can't make this upfront money, a lot of them are trying to turn to these attorney models where they think it's going to provide them some kind of a shelter or a loophole where they're still going to be able to go out and um, sell this the service with upfront fees, and then claim what's for the attorney. And, and basically, you'll notice that if you if you look over at this industry over the last several years, the advice that's being peddled out there in the free consultations and the marketing messages tends to change based on what it is they're selling. So, I mean, you mean it, for it, for example, before the FTC telemarketing sales rules went into effect, most people were pitching the advanced fee model as the best. But the day after they went into effect, they were selling the no advance fee model was the best. Is that right? Absolutely. It's like their their sales pitch just matches what they have to do. Same with like the attorney model. And it's really kind of hilarious where you'll have sales guys that prior to that new rule, they're pitching, you know, their job is to sell against the other guys. Their job isn't to help you figure out what you need to do. Their job is to land the sale. That's what they get paid for. Not not to disparage salespeople. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um but so you might have a guy working for a settlement company that is not an attorney model, okay? He doesn't have an attorney there, which doesn't really matter one way or the other. Um, and he's going to be pitching all the reasons why you should hire them and not an attorney model because, you know, attorneys are too expensive and yada, 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 yada. He'll have all these reasons why they can do everything that an attorney can do and probably better in most cases and it's going to be cheaper, whatever the reasons are. And then the new law passed and all these guys started scrambling and figured, oh, we got to get in with these attorney groups so then we can make money up front. And then you have the same sales guys <laughs> the next week basically <laughs> giving you the pitch about why you cannot settle your debt unless you have an attorney. It's, 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 it's hilarious and sad at the same time. So since we're going to be talking about do-it-yourself, let's first talk about is there a need for people to work with a good debt settlement company if they – want to or they feel intimidated absolutely yeah they're uh, a, a good debt settlement company that puts their clients first 
um, is just a service provider like like anybody else, like uh, you know Jiffy Lube. I use that example because I worked in, at Jiffy Lube when I was in college. Um, but same thing, anybody can change their own oil, but some people just would prefer not to get their hands dirty, not take the time to do it, and they'd prefer to pay somebody else that does it all day long to do it for them. So there's certainly a need out there in the marketplace for a good full-service debt settlement company that can go out there. As long as they're honest, they're upfront, and they charge fair fees, mm-hmm. and, the, and the client is properly screened, so they're not bringing on a client that should not be in that program. But as long as all the elements line up, there's definitely a, a very large need out there for for good, honest companies to provide the service for consumers. So, not to paraphrase it, but I think what I hear you saying is, for the informed consumer who is aware of what they're getting into, and they simply want somebody to do it, they want to have somebody mow their lawn instead of them mowing their own lawn, a full-service debt settlement company uh, is an appropriate solution. Yes, absolutely. If again, yeah, if they're under the right circumstances and they want somebody, yes, then it's a um, hiring a good company is a good thing to do if that's what you need. But the question of the day is, do people need to hire a debt settlement company if they want to try to do it on their own? And if they do want to try to do it on their own, what's the first step? Oh, to answer your first question, no, they don't need a, a debt settlement company to do it. Um, you know, maybe you know, five, six, seven years ago, um, you know, a lot more people were hiring companies to do it because it wasn't, it wasn't, I would say, as mainstream with the creditors, if that makes any sense. Whereas these days, um, it's almost automatic. I don't want to, I don't want to oversimplify it. It's not automatic, but there, there's quite often times where if you literally just, you know, you can't pay your payments and you literally just don't pay for a couple of months because you can't. Um, a lot of creditors will actually send offers. Now, are they the best offers you're going to get? Sometimes. Uh, sometimes they're not. So there's definitely some some knowledge and some strategy that would go into it. Um, but for somebody that, that, that wants to take it on, um, they don't have to go out and hire a company to do it because there is no magic to debt settlement. I mean, that's just the honest truth. There's no magical, you know, um, What do you script. mean by that? Well, the, they're... A debt settlement company can do for a client the you know basically exactly what a client can do for themselves if they're inclined. They don't have this magic formula or, or secret lines or anything like that. An honest company will tell you that. A dishonest company will tell you, oh, well, we get volume discounts and we're the greatest thing on the er- planet Earth. And if you don't hire us, you're going to get sued and you know on and on and on and on. And they give you all the reasons why that you know that you should sign up into their program mainly based on fear. Um, but the consumer can definitely go out there and negotiate with creditors. At the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, you owe some money. You can't afford to pay them, but you can afford something. So you're trying to work something out to where something is better than nothing for the creditor. And at the end of the day, that's what settlement's all about. Okay, so walk us through the process. Somebody okay. comes to you, for an example, at, I'm going to plug you again, at DamonDay.com. And they ask you, Damon, I'd like to settle my debt. I'm current right now. What do you say to people? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. Obviously, it depends on where they're at. But I'm, uh, let's make a couple of assumptions here. Let's go ahead and we're going to assume when they ask me that question, we've already gone through everything. We've decided settlement makes sense. And they're specifically asking me, can I do this myself? Is that fair? Correct. Okay. So the, the, the first thing I always say to clients is, number one, there are no emergencies. And that's the first thing that you're going to hear that's probably different than what you've heard before whenever you've talked to anybody on a free consultation. And, you know, I'm not saying that everybody that does a free consultation is bad. That's certainly not the case. But the majority of them, uh, you know, they're obviously are financially incentivized to have you buy something. 
So there's usually going to be some level of urgency there. They're going to try to close the deal, get you to sign up. But the reality is, unless you have, unless you've been sued and you know you've got an answer to the complaint by tomorrow or the next day, there's really not going to be an emergency, especially if you're current on your debts or just a month or two behind. So the biggest thing that I typically do for clients is say, look, there's no emergency here. Let's take a couple of months and let's work this out. So you want to settle your debt. Well, there's a lot of knowns that we, we know. We know what you currently make. We know about what your expenses are. But there's also a lot of unknowns. Your job's a little bit shaky. You've been hearing rumors of layoffs, things like that. So there's, there's a lot of things that are going on that we have no control over. Well, in debt settlement, we know that most creditors are not even going to entertain a settlement offer for several months anyway if you're current. Mm-hmm. You're going to be looking at at least three to four months before you're going to even be in the right department whether that's w- working with a debt settlement company or doing it yourself, a debt settlement company is not going to be able to go out and settle your debt in the first month either. So during those first couple of months, there's no rush to jump in and hire somebody if you're not quite sure what you want to do yet. You can literally just start saving your own money, and we can walk through the fundamentals of what's going to happen. I will prepare that client for how to deal with the phone calls because there will be phone calls, but they're usually very nice and cordial. Tell them exactly you know what to tell uh, tell the creditor. You know, it's obviously the advice is different depending on what the client's actual well, situation let's, is. Let's run through this in stages, okay? So, okay, uh, month one. What month do, one. What, do, what what should people expect? Okay, so month one. First thing I always tell clients, and this is a big no no. But again, I work for the client. I don't work for the creditor. I my I work for the client. So I say, look, the one decision we have to make today is whether or not you can afford these bills. If you've decided you can no longer afford this because of all the circumstances, whatever they are, and you know you're going to have to settle or file bankruptcy or something like that, then the one decision we have to make is whether or not we need to continue to make these payments. And if the decision is no, I can't, okay, there you go. You have to stop making the payments. So what happens the first month? Do they come in, they take your TV, they come take you to jail? Believe it or not, I've had clients ask me that. There's just not a Mm -hmm. lot of information and education out there about, oh my gosh, I've never not paid a bill. What's going to happen to me if I don't pay a bill? So here's what's going to happen. Within... The first week, maybe 10 days, you're going to get some friendly phone calls from the creditors. They're going to call you up, hey, Mr. Jones, uh, just want to make, you know, remind you, you haven't made a payment. And they're going to be real nice and cordial. And what I always tell my clients to say, especially if we're looking at possibly selling the debt or something like that, is, well, hey, thanks very much for the phone call. I understand I owe the money. I'm not trying to get out of the obligation. Um, I've just fallen on some, some real hard times. Whatever the situation is, um, let's just say you know, I, I, my hours got cut back at work. I'm just trying to survive right now. Um, I couldn't even send you a dollar today if I wanted to. So, so, but I'm so tell, on tell them the truth. Tell them the exactly. Truth. Yeah. Tell them the truth. Uh, well, to a certain extent, I, I don't want to say yeah. Tell them the truth. Um, sometimes you um, you don't need to lie to them, but you don't need to give them any information that they don't need and don't already have. Such because as that could, such as um, uh, yeah, things are tight right now, but I've got a big inheritance coming next month. Okay. Okay, <laughs> that that would be a, a hindrance for you if they get that in the notes, and then you go to negotiate, and you're trying to talk about these hardships that you have. And what about the fifty thousand you said you were going to inherit? You should be able to pay this in full, right? So you 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 want to be generic in general, which is thanks very much for the call. I know I owe the money. I'm not trying to get out of the obligation. I've just had some really bad things happen to me right now. My hours have got cut back, but I'm working on it. I don't have a because they're calling for a payment, right? Yeah, they're calling to get you back on some kind of a payment plan to get you back. That's what that guy's job is when he's calling you. He's probably paid on a commission, um, and, and, and he makes money or gets ra- um, you know bonuses or whatever based on how much money he can collect. So he wants, what about $100? What about $150? He's just trying to get you on a payment. And his job is to keep you on that phone until he can break you down enough to say, fine, here's 150 bucks. Leave me alone. And then he's going to smell blood in the water and call back in three days. Oh, hey, yeah, you made the payment. We need more. 
So what you want to do is just be very general. Don't mention debt settlement at all. It's the worst thing you can do. Um, it, when, you're, when you're not in the right department, you don't want to start talking about something that they have no control or power over. And you also don't want to basically say something that he knows right away means that debt is going to, or that account is going to be out of his department before you're going to be able to resolve it mm -hmm. because that makes him go into kind of um, hyperdrive, so to speak, right? Because mm -hmm. he's, he's got to collect money. If you just tell him, look, I'm not planning on giving you any money for at least four to five months because I'm going to try to settle this thing. Yeah. He's got to try to now convince you that that's the worst idea ever. So you're going to hear things like, we don't settle, we don't do that, I don't know who told you that, it's not going to happen, yada, yada, yada. So the best thing is just to keep the line of communication open with the creditors the first couple months. You don't have to answer the phone every time they call, but if you do keep the line of communication open, you will cut down on all those robocalls that you get. Um, but you just you just keep it short and simple. You go through your little spiel. Some look, I, I can't do it right now, but as soon as I can, I'll definitely call you. And then he's not going to be satisfied with that. He's going to come back. And he's going to want to be your friend. He's going to want to do a memory jogger. And he's going to want to help you. Well, what? Can you borrow money from a friend? What about this? What about this? Can you, you know, they're going to try to come up with creative ways to try to remind you that you can get money from whatever. So just let him do his little spiel, listen to him, but then be very polite and circle it right back. Again, I've already thought about all those things. Like I said, I'm really struggling. I don't even have a dollar today. But as soon as I can get something going, I'll definitely give you guys a call. Please check back with me in a couple weeks. Okay, so, mo so month two is... Month two is so, going to be a little bit of the same, but let's flash forward to month three. Yeah, well, real quick, because it's an important point. So once you get that second point, you just basically have to say, but I'm real sorry, i got to go, I've got an appointment. And you have to hang up. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, they'll literally keep you on the phone forever. And people will eventually just get to the point where they don't know what else to do, or they'll be, get tripped up, and they'll want to send 100 bucks or something. So it's important to, to do your spiel. Let them come back once. Don't drop your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> And then do it just one more quick time, and then and then you have to exit. You have to be aggressive with that, and just say, "I by you know, I don't mean to be rude, but I do have to run. Um, but give me a call back in a few weeks." And then you just go ahead and hang up. And I guarantee you, that's going to be the nicest call that guys ever the guys had that day. You're not being rude. Mm -hmm. So, okay, flash forward a couple of months. Right. Right. You haven't made payments. You've been very polite, uh, but you've moved into the next bucket or so in collections. Okay, well, that's actually a very good way to describe it because you kind of move through the stages, move through the different departments. Um, so now let, let's say um, you've been able to save the money, you, you borrowed the money from a retirement account, you borrowed from a family or friend, you've had the money. So now let's say you are in a situation, you're four or five months down the road, and you've got the funds. And maybe you owe $50,000 in debt and you've been able to raise uh, about 20000 through various avenues, selling you know stuff that's in your garage, been sitting there for 20 years or whatever it is. And now you're in a situation where um, some of your creditors will actually start to send you settlement offers in the mail. So that's an important point. So you shouldn't be afraid to open the mail, right? You should be oh. open, eager to see what they're sending. Absolutely, because they can't see if you opened it or not. So you can open it, and if you don't like it, you can rip it up and throw it away. They'll never know. <laughs> but you want to open it up because it may be very good. They may, hey, you know, Mr. Jones, we've got a great opportunity for you. You're, you're six months behind or whatever, and you owe $10,000, but we've been authorized today to settle this with you for $5,000. Okay. So there's definite opportunities there. So, you know, how would you respond to that? Well, you pick up the phone, you call them. Hey, you know, thanks for – and obviously it depends on the creditor. Some creditors, you get a 50-cent offer. That's the best deal you're going to get. You take it all day long. Mm -hmm. Other creditors, you might be able to get a better deal just based on their track record and what they typically do. So that's where a little bit of the knowledge and a little bit of you know education experience comes in. Which so when you're doing this by yourself, at minimum, I recommend you you know you have a coach or you have somebody that you know can kind of walk you through it. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to cost a little bit of a little bit of money to, to to have somebody kind of coach you through that that does that. But now we're talking you know a few hundred dollars versus several thousand dollars. So you know. 
the the money that you would save just by having somebody you can pick up the phone and saying, hey, this bank just offered me X, Y, Z. Do I take the deal? Do I counter the deal? If so, how much? I mean, that alone could save you a couple thousand dollars on just one account. So it's definitely worth it not to go out there completely on your own. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so let's say you get a 50% deal. Um, if that's a great deal, then great. You call them up. Hey, I got this offer. I'd like to take advantage of this deal. Um, then there's a couple of different ways you can do that. You can send them a check. Um, some people say don't give them you know, your account information. Um, you know, it, sometimes that's a problem. Sometimes it's not. Most of the time, especially if you're dealing with the original bank, it's not a big deal. If you've got the offer in writing. But it's very important. You have to have it in writing. Because sometimes what will happen is you'll, you know, you'll get on the phone with a creditor. They'll, they'll make some great offer and you'll say, I want to do it. And they'll say, okay, give me your banking information and we'll, we'll, we'll fund this. Right. Under no circumstances ever, 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 I don't care how good the deal is. I don't care if it's two cents on the dollar. And they say, this two cents on the dollar, you got to do it in the next five minutes or it's gone. Yep. If it's not in writing, it's not real. I've seen it happen numerous times. Where you know clients will come to me and well you know this is an old debt I settled it last year um, but I never got it in writing now they're coming after me again so rule number one is if it's not in writing it's not a real offer and they always try to play this game don't ask me why but even if it is a legit offer they'll always try to just get your information because they don't want to wait even five minutes they don't want to fax you over anything they want to get you while you're hot and they want to get you to to agree to that and give them the banking information but you cannot do it. You know, so, I've seen the, I've seen the same thing. People think that they have an offer, they don't have it in writing. They make the payment, and then lo and behold, at some point in the future, the creditor comes back and says, "You know, we never agreed to that." Yeah, and I talked to Mike. Well, we don't have a mic that works here, or whatever. You know, that's not in the notes. Yeah. And so, if you don't have it in writing, you're dead in the water. And you, the, you, the, you know, they'll just they could credit that as a payment. You can't even show that. Look, I I paid the five thousand because if you don't have anything in writing, there's no new agreement. You're still governed by the old agreement. And the old agreement was you owe ten thousand or whatever it was. So you can't take that as evidence that you settled the debt just by showing I made a five thousand dollar payment because that's exactly what it is. It's a five thousand dollar payment to a ten thousand dollar debt. So it looks like you still owe ten grand unless you have an offer where a five grand payment is going to be um, agreeable to to settle this account in full. So I've got an offer here in front of me. Actually, this is a Citibank offer, and it's something that was proactively sent to a consumer. They had a $15,000 balance. Citibank's offering to settle it for 6700 And here are the highlights of the letter. So, you're, you know, if you're afraid to open your mail, sometimes it can be good news. Like this Citibank letter says, we're making you a great offer. The next move is yours. We've noticed that you've fallen behind. We want to offer you a settlement offer. Uh, you can set up a payment schedule. We will stop collection calls. We will settle the balance. After you finish paying, your account will have a zero balance. So these are all good things, and this is a, a letter sent by Citibank making the offer proactively. Mm-hmm. So if you get an offer like this in the mail, uh, do you need to be intimidated about calling Citibank and trying to get a better offer, or should you take something up? This is a 55% reduction, so should you take them up on that, an offer like that? Well, yeah, but it also <laughs> never hurts to see, you know, fill out the water a little bit, yeah. see if you can get a better deal. Um, which again goes back to obviously having somebody there that can help you really does help. But if you even if you if you don't, and you're just going to go for this. Um, you know, a good strategy and tactic that 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 uh, I've I've taught my clients to use is uh, use a third party, um, you know, money person basically. Um, and you, you don't say, look, I've got five thousand, I want to try to settle this. You say, well, you know, I don't have any money, but I've been talking to friends and family. There's some people that m- might be willing to loan me some money. 
and I might be able to come up with X. Mm -hmm. And the reason you do that is because then you're never going to be in a position where they can pin you down on some kind of an agreement right there mm, and, 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 tri and trick you into making that payment over the phone because it's not your money. Even if it is, again, this goes back to you asked me, so you tell them the truth. Not, you don't always tell them the total truth. Even if it's your money in your savings account, you tell them that I don't have any. It's a, it's a friend or a relative because then you have this um, you know, fictitious third party, so to speak, mm -hmm. that it's like, well, it's not me. I really want to do this. It's a really good deal, but I don't know if my relative can loan me that much money. Because if, if you're negotiating first person with your own money, you really lose a lot of leverage that you would have if it's somebody else. You got the, It's kind of like they do in real estate transactions where they, they teach you when you're a landlord, yeah. you pretend to have this silent partner like, well, it's not me. I'm not evicting you. It's my money guy <laughs> says we can't do this. But I really feel for you. I feel bad. It's the same concept because then they can't get mad at you. You're the good guy even though you're playing both roles. So when, when they're negotiating, how I would call up Citibank in a situation like that. Now, now I don't call up and negotiate for, for my clients. That's not what I do. I'm not a debt settlement company. I do strict financial consulting. Of course, I can teach somebody to do it just because it's information. That's what I get paid for. But um, how I would do it is I would call them up. Hey, I just got this offer. It looks really good. I appreciate it. Um, man, I just don't know if I can come up with $5,000. Um, but you, and you do it this way so you don't completely close the door just in case that is the best they're going to do and you really yeah. want to take it. You don't want to close the door and just say, hey, I don't got it. The best I got is two grand. And then you go back and forth and you, you stick on your two grand and they say, well, sorry, we can't help you. Yep. Now, where, now where do you go? You call them back tomorrow and say, oh, miracle, I hit the lottery. <laughs> so, so what you want to do is you call up and say, well, you know, man, I – I, you know, I've been struggling. Obviously, I'm six months behind here. I've been out of a job, but I really want to get this taken care of. I know I have the money. I've been talking to some relatives, and they may be able to loan me some money, but there's just no way I can get five. Uh, I might be able to get $2,000. Mm -hmm. Is there anything we can do? And, and that's how you can fill them out because then no matter what, you always have that out to where if there's no way they're going to go lower than that and you still really want to take that deal because, hey, a 45% or a 55% reduction is still a good reduction. Um then you still have that out where you can say, okay, well, if that's the best you can do, I, I got to go. I'll make some more phone calls. How long is this offer good for? And then you can go and then call them back the next day or whatever and, and even try it again if you want to. Or you can just say, yeah, I, I found a couple more relatives. Um, I, I'm able to take the offer. So, so if you're working with a debt settlement company, a full-service debt settlement company, between month one and three – uh, there's nothing really that's going to have. If you let's say you got a, a letter from a creditor saying we're going to sue you, mm -hmm. what can the debt settlement company do for you at that time that you can't do for yourself? Well, there there are some things that a debt settlement company can do in the beginning. They can't keep you from getting sued, no matter how good they are, where their heart's at. Um, if a creditor is going to sue, settlement company, no settlement company, creditor is going to sue. Um, one thing that does tend to make the creditor sue more, though, is if you hire a debt settlement company that then turns around and sends the creditor a letter that says, basically, nah, 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 we got this client, you're not going to get paid for a long time. Mm -hmm. That would be a bad thing to do. So the, the, the actual irony is what most debt settlement companies do dramatically increases the likelihood that the client is going to get sued. Mm -hmm. that, and so the irony is you're really paying a lot of these guys especially with the upfront fee guys, a lot of these guys, you pay them money to make it worse, where you literally would have been better off sticking your head in the sand, ignoring the phones, ignoring everything. You would have been better off because at least you would have had the fees in your bank account. But a good debt settlement company knows that's a bad thing and is not going to do that. It's not going to go and do something that's going to tick off the bank right up front. But there are some things that, especially if a settlement company does have um, some relationships with some of the original creditors, some of the good ones do, where they do have 
contacts at certain banks where they can call literally on a person-to-person basis and say, okay, I've got this client. Here's mm-hmm. the hardship that's going on. So there are definitely times where um, you know you do get a benefit from, from hiring a settlement company. But um, the reality is a creditor is very, very, very unlikely to sue a client within the first six months before charge-off. It's not that it can never happen. I've seen it happen very, very rarely, and usually there's some extenuating circumstances there. But quite often the creditors, they want to do whatever they can to try to recover on the account before it gets to litigation because suing people that don't have money is not a great business model. Well, but- let, me, let, me, let me give you an example. So I was on the phone one time with the national collection manager of a bank, and uh, he says, oh, man, I just got off this call, and he's laughing. I said, well, what's going on? He goes, ah, there was this guy. He owed us like you know 300 bucks, and he wanted to speak to a supervisor, and he kept getting pushed up the chain, and he got to me, and he was screaming, if you don't like me, sue me. So he did. and and you told me that story before and and again that kind of goes right back to you don't want to send a letter or do anything like somebody said most of these settlement companies will do it goes right to that point the last thing you want to do is piss off the bank and put a target on your back that might not otherwise be there had you just not done anything and blended in with 25 percent of america that's having trouble paying their credit card bills right now you know the last thing you want to do is say hey guys look at me screw you i just hired I'm not going to say the name, but some nationally recognized law firm, and I just paid them all the money that I have, so I'm not going to be able to give you any for quite a while. What do you think about that? Well, they wouldn't like it. They wouldn't like it. So you pay this debt settlement law firm all this money because the sales guy said, well, you have to have an attorney do it, Mm -hmm. and all they do is they send out letters that tells the bank that they're not going to get paid for a long time. And they don't like that. So now what does the bank have to lose to possibly send you off to litigation? They know they're not going to get paid anyway, so why not? Yeah, dump, dump you in the hopper. Exactly. You know, what people don't understand is that um, while somebody might go out, a consumer might go out and hire an attorney and pay a fee uh, to, to take care of some action, these banks have negotiated large networks of attorneys, and it literally is just dumping a case in the hopper. Yeah, they're not concerned about how much they're going to necessarily spend on your case. The process says when somebody reaches this threshold, you sue. Well, yes and no. Um, and, and I get that a lot. People say, well, you know, it's only 3000 so I'm not going to get sued. And, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it other than it, it's just like playing roulette, Russian roulette, okay? Um, there'll be I've seen clients that have $50,000 accounts that just went past the statute of limitations, never any litigation. I've seen people get sued for less than $1,000 that, that – have no assets, no income, protected Social Security, no possible way to recover, yet still get sued, which is kind of goes to your point that it's just kind of what it goes in the hopper, whatever comes out. Banks don't sue everybody that don't pay them. If they did, they would lose a ton of money because just because they win a lawsuit doesn't mean they're never going to collect anything. Right. But if they never sued, because like I said, you know, suing people that don't have money is not a great business plan. But if they never sued anybody, what would be the, the, the whip, so to speak, that you could crack to where once somebody got a few months behind on their credit cards, their credit got shot anyway, if they knew there was no chance ever that they could get sued, what would be that motivation that, that drives them to hurry up and raise the money to pay these guys back as quickly as possible? Right. So the bank has to sue often enough to keep it in the public psyche that, hey, there's a good chance you're going to get sued here. But they don't sue everybody, otherwise they just lose a ton of money. So right. the, moral, the moral of the story is if you can't pay your debts – Try to resolve it or settle them as quickly as possible before it, you become potentially one of the ones spinning around the cylinder and might land on you. Well, let's flash forward now. Month four and five, you've 
been dealing with the calls. They've probably been escalating a little bit. They might be getting a little bit more tense. Uh, what happens in month five and six? Month five and six, you're starting to get right up to charge off. Um, so you know, some creditors, you just let them charge off. Some some banks, for whatever reason, they're not that that open to settling. And this stuff changes all the time. So if someone's listening to this two years from now, everything I say might be completely backwards and completely wrong. Um, there's there's a lot of major banks that have changed their stance recently that have gotten from fairly easy to deal with to very difficult to deal with. And when I say difficult, I'm talking about maybe getting settlements for 50, 60 cents on the dollar, whereas before they might have been 30 cents on the dollar. Um, so still, I mean, when you look at that in the grand scheme of things, 60 cents on the dollar without interest, you know, it's still, it's not a bad deal, but so every creditor is different. They have different ways they handle it. Some creditors that's right in the sweet spot. You're five, six months in, that's the time they're about ready to charge it off after 180 days. And that's when you're going to get a really good offer, have the best chance at getting a good deal. Other creditors are still going to play hardball and you usually would get a better deal if you just let it go ahead and charge off. Mm -hmm. And then you negotiate with a, a third party debt buyer. Well, some people are under the impression that a charged-off debt means you don't owe it anymore. Well, that's, you know, the Internet is a wonderful thing, but it's a horrible thing at the same time. <laughs> and one of the problems is you can't read or believe everything you read on the Internet. Um, and that has absolutely nothing to do with, with, the, uh, with the other. A charged-off debt is simply an accounting term. Banks are required, according to GAAP to charge the debt, the bad debts off their books after a certain period of time so they can't carry, they can't just carry a whole bunch of losses on their books for several years and then wait till they have a huge banner year, make a ton of profit, and then dump the losses on the, on the books for that year for the last five years. So they just want them to take the loss around the time that they actually um, incurred it. And it has nothing to do with their ability or the, their um, you know, opportunity to, to collect on that debt. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with it. Okay, so um, some creditors may charge off the debt, some may not. But at what point do you uh, at what point do you you say uh, you've done all you can, and creditors are going to settle or they're not going to settle? Well, they all charge off the debt. Um, some some will sell it off, some will send it off on consignment, some will still retain it in house for a while. Um, there's never really a that's never really a question of whether or not they will settle. Um, there's almost always a settlement. I mean, I guess in a and, and that's, you know, you get a debt buyer or something like that. But in, in a very rare situation, if it goes to a lawsuit and you've got some hardball attorney that's maybe willing to waive some of the fees, but essentially the settlement is 100%, that can happen. But that's certainly more the exception than the norm because you got to keep in mind these guys that you're dealing with, the, the creditors, the debt collectors, they want to settle just as badly as the client does because they know they're not, especially you get a, a debt that's a year old, a year and a half old. The chance of them calling you and you writing them a check for $10,000 are slim to none, right? So they're, they're just out there trying to get what they can get because it's about business. It's about making money, and they've got a certain amount invested, and they're trying to recoup their costs and make a profit. All right. So uh, we've worked through this process. Uh, you've, you've talked everyone through month one through six, and the process seems to be fairly clear. What do people need to know now before launching out if they want to try to do it on their own? Do they need to make a decision about working with somebody else or do they need to get more information or advice? What do they need? Well, you know, this part is obviously, you know, I pride myself on being, I'm going to give you unbiased advice. Obviously, anytime I say, well, you should call me, that would be under the category of actual bias advice. Um, but, I, you know, I'm good at what I do. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't recommend consumers go out there completely on their own. Um, with, whether you, you, know, you want to talk to me about it or talk to somebody else, there's other companies out there that offer really good coaching programs that can coach you through 
um, you know, the debt settlement process. Um, but in, in almost every instance, just having the knowledge that you need um, and somebody to kind of tell you, do this, don't do that. Because, I mean, you can get on the phone with the creditor and slip up and, uh, you know, divulge some stuff that you shouldn't be divulging that you would not have had you been properly coached on how to do mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, we, we're dealing with 30 grand in debt, 50 grand in debt, 100 grand in debt. It's almost kind of, you know, foolish to not at least invest a few hundred dollars in some coaching or a course or something because literally on, you know, the money that you pay for that knowledge, we, we, you could literally recoup with just one deal where you got a $10,000 account and you're about to take a 50% deal, but then you talk to somebody that has a lot of clients that are doing this and they say, well, actually that bank recently, they've been doing a lot of 30 cent deals. I mean, you know, just that alone, you know, could save you $2,000 just by a little bit of information knowing that that bank has recently been doing 30 cents on the dollar. So a lot of it is really not about how good of a negotiator you are. It's about what kind of inside knowledge you have about what that bank is willing to do. All right, so what's your advice? People should try it on their own, make a decision, or what? My advice is if you're in debt, the first thing is you should figure out exactly what you need to do. You can call you know, these ads and things like that. I absolutely recommend you call me. Um, you know, I do charge for my consultations. I offer 110% money back guarantee, but I will guarantee you that if you don't talk to me flat out, it's going to cost you more money. It just will because you're not going to get on a free consultation. You're typically not going to get the advice that I'm going to give because that consultation is going to be slanted towards whatever is being sold. So my advice to clients that have not talked, you know, spoken with me is always, well, call me. We'll talk about your situation. We'll figure out what, what we need to do. If, if you think I'm full of crap or I don't know what I'm talking about, you get your money back and I'll pay you for your time. So the first thing is, is, is talk to me or somebody else that can tell you exactly what you need to do. And then from there, we can outline a plan for should we look at settlements? Should we look at credit counseling? Do we really need to look at bankruptcy? And the great thing about all these different options is most of the time they all start the same way, which is let the payments go once we establish through the cash flow that you can't afford to pay them. And then let's take a couple of months to see how things shake out, how much money you have coming in, how much money you're really spending. Let's put together a spending plan and let's really see, will a credit counseling program type work for you? Can we just lower your interest payments and get out of this that way? Or do we need to look at settlement or do we need to even look at bankruptcy? So what I do with my clients, is I usually take this process where we work through it over a couple of months and let the actual um, financial circumstances really dictate what approach makes more sense rather than a quick 15-minute presentation and then say, oh, yeah, sign up under this debt settlement plan. And that's what's very different about what I do versus calling an ad and saying, I've got debt. What do you recommend? You know, the interesting thing is that, that for most people, they feel that they, they feel compelled that they need to make an immediate decision to make the pain go away. They need intervention right now, mm-hmm. and they end up paying a lot of money for that. But what you're actually saying is the first thing they need to do is regroup, take a breather, think it through, take some time, and not necessarily make an immediate decision. Yeah, it's, it's really just a false sense of security because they feel like, you know, and I know how it is, you're stressed out, you don't know what to do, and you feel like you've talked to somebody, you like them, and now you've turned it over to them. So you feel like all the stress is gone, I've turned it over to them, they're going to handle it. But the reality is, for, depending on what it is that you're doing, there's nothing they can really do for you for a couple months anyway, except you kind of feel better because you have this false sense of security that you've, you've made a decision. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if you've made a decision just based on some advice you've gotten from a salesperson that doesn't really understand too much about your situation other than you have debt and he asked you how much money you can pay per month and you said, I think I probably afford $500 a month and then he spends the next 45 minutes outlining some plan that may or may not make sense, 
you know, that's not really a solution. And like you pointed out, so you might feel good and have the sense of security for a couple of months, but that could really come back to bite you in the butt big time down the road where it's better just to take a step back. There's no emergencies. We got a couple of months to really let this stuff play out and see what makes the most sense. And you let the actual circumstances dictate what approach and what solution you should employ. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good. Uh, we're kind of running out of time, but you've given us lots of good advice. And listeners that have more questions, they want to find out more about you, how the hell do they find you, Damon? Simple. They just go to my website at Damon at DamonDay.com is my email, or just go to DamonDay.com, D-A-M-O-N-D-A-Y.com. Uh, there's a lot of good information on the site. If you want to schedule a consultation with me, um, just fill out the form there, and my assistant will get in touch with you and, and put something on the books. All right, you've been listening to Steve Rowe, the Get Out of Debt Guy, another show. We're talking about how to deal with debt, and today has been all about how to settle debt yourself. And Thank you so much, Damon, for your time. I appreciate it. Sure, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another Get Out of Debt show with your friend and mine, Steve Rode. If you or someone you know would like to submit a question for Steve to answer, just visit our website at getoutofdebt.org and fill out the question form. And while you're on the getoutofdebt.org site, be sure to subscribe to the show feed and... What's that, Steve? Remember Twitter. <laughs> oh, yes. Follow Steve on Twitter at getoutofdebtguy. 